Well, and thank you for joining us on It Is Written Canada. Today, we are visiting Professor Pekka Matnan, who is an assistant professor of biology at Berman University in Lacombe, Alberta. And as a professor of biology, his hope is to ignite within his students a love for science that can propel them to push the boundaries of discovery and develop innovative ways to promote health and healing. Professor Mattinen has presented his scientific work at international and national science conferences. Professor Mattinen, welcome to Eddie's Written Canada. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you. So, Professor Mattinen, I know that you love science and you also love nature and studying living things and how they reveal God. But before we go there, tell us a bit about yourself, about your children, about your wife and also go back a little bit and tell us about your name and what that means. Well, I'll start with my name. Um, so my name is actually Veli Pekka, uh, which is brother Pekka and um, probably because I'm the brother to my older siblings. Um, and Pekka is just a, another version, uh, a Finnish version of Peter. Uh, so my parents are both from Finland. They immigrated from Finland directly to Canada, but I was born in Canada. So um, I grew up here, um, but I did learn the language a little bit as a child. Uh, and yeah, I, I then went on after that to um, get married to my lovely wife, Sarah. Um, she is the mother of our three wonderful children, uh, Isaac, Lilia, and Mina. Isaac is eight, Lilia is five, and Mina is two. So they're really the joy of my life. So, Professor Mattinen, I understand that you have a PhD in biochemistry from McGill University. What spurred your interest in sciences? Well, um, that goes back to when I was a young kid going out camping with my parents a lot. Uh, we spent a lot of weekends out um, on Georgian Bay, uh, which is a bay, a large bay off of Lake Huron, as you might be aware. Uh, beautiful islands there. We would go claim an island for a weekend. Um, we would spend time there and I could just, you know, search that island thoroughly. I could find frogs and crayfish and, and so I would collect those and look at them, try to understand them, um, race them <laughs> as kids do, a lot of things like that. And so um, just looking at those animals, just seeing just how they, how they move, how they breathe, how they, all the things they did, I always wondered how do they work inside? How do these function at a more basic level and and so yeah later in life I really wanted to study that deeper and deeper. So Becca once I had someone ask me this question how come you believe in scripture because he said to me I used to believe in the scripture I used to go to church but that's faith I now believe in science so what do you say to someone like that with a mindset like that? Mm. So yeah I definitely have run into some people like that I think uh, the most important thing I look at initially is, you know, who are they personally? What is their life story? Where do they come from? What, do they, what are their interests? Why do they believe what they believe? Um, you know, the reality is every single one of us has our preconceptions and our understandings of life and the way things work. And so just to get a better understanding of their background and get that understanding. And then from that point, um, I would dig a little bit deeper and try to see, okay, well, what is it about? science that you see as being so factual as compared to something that's uh, more faith-based, what, what is the basis of that belief? And so um, usually I find when people uh, open up that way, 
Um, you know, the Bible says in Isaiah, come, let us reason together, right? So coming together, having that time together, uh, learning to know that person um, allows me then to open up a little bit more about why I have some issues with certain areas of science. The other thing that I usually point out to them is what is science, right? I ask the question, what is science? And science is really about being able to observe and experiment on things in the natural world to better understand them. Um, you know, that's a bit of a quick definition, but that's essentially what it is. So if you cannot observe or experiment on something, you can't then say this is how it is or this is a fact even though it may be called scientific. So this is where, for example, the origin of life is a great example because it is an area that we cannot observe or experiment on because it was historical. It happened a long time in the past. So at this point in time, uh, we can only surmise as to what happened back then. And so I typically will bring that person to an understanding that yes, even science doesn't have answers for these basic things. It's important for us to recognize as scientists that we don't know everything. We, we, we're faced with um, you know, uncertainties and um, that's why we're scientists. We're learning more, we're researching you know, about the world around us. So. Mm -hmm. So as you've mentioned, Professor Metten, and the mainstream thinking in science is quite different from the biblical perspective. So how did you navigate a secular post-secondary education? So, um, you know, that's a good question. Um, I think, you know, having gone <clears throat> as a child, I went through um, Christian grade school, Christian high school, and then I moved on to a secular university. So it was a very big shift. Um, and I entered, when I entered uh, university, um, I had professors who were um, extremely brilliant individuals. Like I had one professor who was a, uh, he had, he had, was a professional musician. He had gone to the Aspen Music Festival. He was playing the violin there. Um, he had also been accepted into medical school. He was, he saw the mountains and he saw the trees on the mountains that there were different colors in the trees. And he thought, wow, really interesting. Why are the trees lower down a different color from the ones higher up? Hmm, let me go do a PhD at UBC on, you know, plant uh, growth in relation to the soil uh, chemistry that's going on and understand, you know, how that works. And so then he went on and got this, U this PhD, came back, uh, became a professor. And so this kind of a person is just basically telling me evolution is fact, right? So very charismatic, very uh, well-spoken, and just, you know, a person who you look at and you're like, wow, how could he be wrong, right? And so that was my uh, experience. And I had to really come to the point where I need to think for myself and better understand what is this that I'm believing? Do I actually still believe in God? Do I believe in, in science, if you mm. will, going back so to how the first you, question? So how did you solve that problem? Well, um, <laughs> I don't think I solved the problem. Uh, you know, it was really uh, more of a, a a continuous process, but I have to say it came to a head um, when I faced some of my own personal challenges, seeing how uh, my f members of my own family, my brother started to drift a little bit, um, seeing how I needed to, to ask God, because he asked a lot of questions, he, he, and which is good, you know, that's what scientists do is ask questions. So he asked a lot of questions, he said, well, why doesn't sh God just show himself to me? And as I was having these same questions, you know, saying, okay, well, God, why don't you just reveal yourself to me? I mean, can't you just show yourself, speak down from heaven? You know, as I kept on begging God to just show himself to me, he said, he said in a very still voice to me, he said, why don't you read the letters that I've written you? I said, well, 
okay, I suppose. And I was pretty grudging. I, I don't think I was particularly excited because I thought, well, I've, I've, haven't I read the Bible? I know this stuff. Um, but the reality was I, I needed to know it for myself. And so I did make a commitment to read my Bible. And you know, it's so incredible uh, when you read the Bible, as you probably know, um, it, it either changes you or you want to get rid of it, right? There's two, there's two different reactions. And for me, I think it was the former. It really, uh, I could tell that God was speaking to me for each situation each day. And so I realized, okay, there's more to you, you know, more to you than your, than I originally thought. And I need to listen. So, so God did speak to me. He answered that prayer. Maybe not in the way that I expected, but you know, God has to be the authority figure. He can't, you know, do it exactly the way you want, right? So, yeah. So, Professor Mattinen, did you have any challenges in your thinking while you were doing your doctorate? Yeah, so uh, certainly, you know, again, at a secular university, I had, I was surrounded by people who pretty much, you know, believed the narrative of evolution. However, um, there was a lot of respect there. And I have to say that honest scientists, generally speaking, they will not dig deep into pushing different areas that are not known scientifically. They're more interested in pushing this envelope in terms of science. You know, can we learn greater, deeper truths uh, from experimentation and observation as we talked about earlier? So yeah, I, I actually felt very supported. Um, and you know, they knew I never showed up to the lab on Saturdays because that was when I was um, you know, at church. I would be worshiping God on those days. Um, I didn't push it into them. Um, but they didn't push their ideologies into me. Um, and I, I did have one interaction that was really incredible. Actually, my supervisor, who was the chair of biochemistry at the time there, he came to me and he said, you know, last night I watched the NOVA documentary on, on the origin of life and the creation-evolution debate. And it's very pro-evolution. And, and he said, you know, there's an argument, though, from the intelligent design view that I don't have an answer for. And, um, and that's irreducible complexity. So the idea that things, uh, biological organisms, they have within them systems that require every part to function. If one part is missing, it doesn't work. How do you evolve that? This was the question. And he said, I don't have an answer for that. And I thought that was incredible how he had that intellectual honesty, that scientific honesty to say, you know what? I recognize we don't have an answer to this. And that's actually a good argument in your favor. And I thought that was really humble of him. And I still appreciate it to, the day, to this day that he, that he um, came forward with that. So yeah, I felt very supported. Very good and very honest, right? So you talked about the book that God speaks to us through the Bible. What about right. the book of nature? Right. Yeah, so that, that is where you know, phase two comes in, I guess I would say. Um, in, you know, sometimes we look at the scripture and we say, well, that's the only thing that God reveals himself to us in. But that's really not true. We have the life of Christ. We have uh, nature. And, and so as I was getting to the end of my thesis, it was about year four, um, I was preparing, I was writing it, I was doing some work on that. I had some papers out and stuff. And I realized it was, a f it was four in the morning on a Thursday. <laughs> I'll never forget this. I woke up. And I was just like, wow, I cannot believe this whole pathway I've been studying 
uh, the pathway of protein folding quality control, which we can get into more detail later. But basically, that whole pathway is the story of the gospel. And I just could not get over the fact that God had revealed himself in that pathway in so many different details within it. And I just, it had been right in front of me and I never saw it. So I think a lot of times it's perspective, again, human interpretation, looking at, uh, you know, nature. And if we see God in it, you know, it's partly the lenses we're wearing that allow us mm -hmm. to do that. It's not uh, that it's not there. It's just that we're not necessarily seeking after that. So yeah, it was incredible. Uh, really solidified in my mind that God is showing himself in nature in a multitude of ways. And God's design is huge. The beauty of the earth, just the way that he's created everything, it's just grand. And so I'm just blessed to recognize that God is that beautiful designer and he wants to make everything clear to us, even about his character from nature. The earth truly is full of beauty and Professor Matinen, you are involved in scientific research. Do you have any other examples from nature that reveal God? Well, I'm so glad you asked. I think the more I teach and the more I study, uh, the more examples come out. Um, so there's a lot, uh, but I want to share a few of them here quickly with you. Um, so why don't we look in our Bibles, actually. Um, if we look in Luke chapter 6 and verse 45, uh, says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. Now, we see that as a character trait, right? That our heart is our, our mind, it's our character. Um, but interestingly, 
in developmental biology, um, there are two heart fields that uh, the heart develops from. They are, these are the progenitor cells that the heart comes from. Those two heart fields, one becomes certain parts of the heart, the other one becomes parts of the heart, but also your facial muscles, your lungs, and, um, and parts of the heart as well. So quite literally, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's quite incredible. In, even in the developmental biology textbook, it says in a, in a remarkable way, that's how they phrase it, this is what happens. So it's, it's, just, it's just another example of how God has written into nature the way that he's, he's created us. Um, the other thing uh, that I wanna share uh, quickly is, um, you know, many of us, uh, I'm sure you and others have thought about uh, ministry and how best, especially in marriage as well, people can work together, right? So how do we work together best? And um, there's a principle um, that actually is illustrated to us through muscle development uh, that teaches us how ministry works best. And uh, you, you might think this is odd, but if you consider a muscle fiber, a muscle fiber is just one cell, but a muscle fiber has many, many nuclei within it. So many, many nuclei within that one cell. How did that come to be? How come there are so many nuclei within one cell? And how can they all work together? Well, for many years, they didn't know for sure whether a large cell would form and then more nuclei would form within it, or whether individual cells would come together um, with their nuclei and then fuse to form that one long fiber. But after working on this, they found that indeed the individual forms first. So the identity of the individual, the nucleus of that individual cell will form first. And then only then when they reach a certain density, those cells will come together to form that muscle fiber. This process, I believe very much aligns with the way marriage should happen, where you should have your own identity already in Christ. You should have your own clear who you are and have your happiness, right? We know that if you're happy before you're married, it's better chance you're gonna be happier after, right? You guys probably have even talked about this. So that happiness um, coming together uh, needs to happen after you've established yourself. Um, so the text I wanted to share, this is uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 24, 27 says, prepare thy work without and make it fit for thyself in the field and afterwards build thine house. So don't, don't, try, don't try and go, to, go ahead of the game, get yourself settled, figure things out, know that you're gonna be prepared and then go forward with either marriage or ministry as well. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways our, our individuality can contribute to ministry, but we first, we have to recognize the power and the importance of our individuality, but also recognize that um, we have to, we have to um, not come together prematurely. <laughs> Put it that way. Okay, um, the other example I wanna share, so uh, many of you are probably familiar with omega-3 fatty acids, right? Omega-3 polyunsaturated fatty acids. These are probably the most taken supplement of all, actually. Now, the thing about omega-3s is um, it is not the omega-3 itself that's actually the active agent. Um, so it, it is molecules that are derived from omega-3 that are the active agents of resolution of inflammation. And uh, I want to uh, propose to you uh, this idea that um, there's another symbol um, used for the Holy Spirit, right? We know what that symbol is. 
oil, right? Oil. And omega-3 is an oil. The oil of the Holy Spirit, what is the Holy Spirit's role? That is found in John 16, 8. It says, and when he is come, referring to the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. So there's three aspects to the Holy Spirit's work. Now, interestingly, um, the oils that uh, we take into our bodies, they provide the precursor molecules or they provide the necessary building blocks for prostaglandins. These are actually helping us to identify a problem and inflame in that area. Inflammation is not necessarily bad, right? Because if you're injured, you need inflammation to bring healing. So that inflammation happens and then that knowing the sin, right? Being conscious of where the pain is specifically, and then having a remedy for that, bringing in the troops, bringing in the macrophages, bringing in the neutrophils, bringing in all those cells that are gonna come in and help clean up and help fix that. There's a lot of involvement of these fats in that process. And then, amazingly, there's resolution. And resolution comes when that, those omega-3 derived pro-resolving lipid mediators, they're actually called SPMs, pro-resolving lipid mediators, they will come in there and they will help to clear, actively clear um, the debris, clear the infection and bring the resolution to that inflammation. So there's a three-part process. So it's, the Holy Spirit doesn't just convict us of our problems, he also empowers us to do what's right, which is, which is beautiful. So, um, so that's another, another alignment. And the final example I wanted to give to you um, is an area that I'm studying more recently now, and that is the microbiome. And these are the bacteria, but not just the bacteria, any organism, any microorganism living in or on you. And the vast majority of them do live in your gastrointestinal tract, primarily in your colon. Um, however, there are many also on your skin, many in other places, right? Now, uh, you may have noticed in the news and in the media that the microbiome is getting more and more press because everybody's recognizing this is like another organ. It's another part of our body. Uh, the, the bacteria produce hormones, the bacteria produce all kinds of different neuropeptides, different uh, molecules that affect our functioning. And so um, this area has become quite hot. And now there are a lot of therapies that are targeting the microbiome, trying to figure out how can we change those bacteria um, and make them potentially change us. Well, uh, this whole idea of the microbiome has brought out to uh, the research community that there are both good and bad microbes, right? You have the good and the bad. And there's this battle between good and evil, if you will, <laughs> happening inside of you. Hmm, does that sound familiar, right? So the origin of evil, actually, if you look back to Ezekiel 28, it started within, it was inside. It was not something that happened from, uh, and it wasn't an external force that came in, it was an internal struggle that brought this uh, to fruition. So um, one of the challenges that we're facing uh, as, as humanity is we have lost the old microbes, the good microbes that we used to have, and they're getting eradicated. One thing that uh, we can do and, uh, to improve our microbiome is to eat foods that promote the good bacteria, right? And so um, a person might ask, well, how do you eat the right foods? What are the right foods? What promotes? good bacteria. Well, fiber, right? I'm sure you've talked about fiber. Fiber is what those bacteria will actually ferment and make byproducts that will help you. But what is the original fiber? What's the first fiber that gets your body making 
uh, or it gets your body in tune. Well, um, breast milk? Breast milk, mm -hmm. right? Well, breast milk uh, contains, believe it or not, something very much like fiber. Uh, we call these human milk oligosaccharides. Now, human milk oligosaccharides, they are food, not for us, because we can't digest them directly. They're food for these bacteria, the good ones, and those bacteria will convert that, uh, those human milk sugars into beneficial byproducts that our colon can use as energy. So this process of building the good microbiome within us begins actually with milk, with mother's milk. Well, is there a Bible text? that talks about milk. Yeah, I think of feeding on the milk of the word. The milk of the word. So let's take a look at 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, verses 2 and 3. And it says, um, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So God wants us to have that pure milk. And that's going to combat, if you read the first verse before that, it's going to combat that bad stuff. It's going to be the good promotion of good bacteria within us, the promotion of good thoughts, the promotion of God within us, the Word dwelling within us. And I think that's really what this program is about, right? Exactly. And that's what Jesus said, right? It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, which we need, mm -hmm. but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so there is this compati compatibility between science and a faith in God, and, mm -hmm. and they're very compatible. Mm -hmm. So we've come to the end of our time together. And I wonder, Pekka, if you could close with a word of prayer for us. I'd be happy to do that. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we are just so thankful that um, you reveal yourself to us in ways we can understand um, through your word, but also through the book of nature. Um, Lord, we know that each one of us needs you. Uh, we need you to, to change our hearts, um, for your Holy Spirit to come into us and just um, show us where the bad things are. And, and help us uh, resolve those things um, for us to be continually in your word to build up the good side in that battle uh, that's within us. I just pray that you would continue to help us seek you, uh, whether in nature or in your word. Help us to know that you're there and that you want the best for us and that you're coming soon. We thank you for all these things and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Professor Matinen, thank you so much for joining us today on Eddie's Written Canada. It was such an honor to have you with us. It's been my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Friends, as Professor Pekka Matinen shared with us today, we see scientific evidence of design in nature, which means that there must be a designer. So our free offer for you today features a conversation between two highly educated scientists with divergent views on the origins of life, entitled Creation, Really? If you believe in science, then you understand how important it is to keep an open mind to examine all the scientific evidence on both sides of the questions of origins. Our free offer today introduces you to a fresh perspective that will speak to your intellect as well as your heart. We want you to experience the truth that is found in the words of Jesus when he said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, 
please visit IIW.ca or you can go to our IIW Canada YouTube channel and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.